On today's very special holiday episode of Locked On Coyotes, I look at the team's past, present, and future. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, a very special holiday episode. I'm your host, Carl Pavlock. Before we get started, I do want to thank you for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. So, a funny thing happened last night. Me, a notorious hater of Christmas, was visited by a ghost. Uh, and because I am not a Dickensian merchant villain, I was told that I was not going to be haunted by my past, but I was instead to revisit and discuss the Coyotes' past, present, and future, because A Christmas Carol is a really good literary framing device to talk about those kind of things. Um, so that is what I'm going to do. No real reason for it, um, but... There is a lot going on with the Coyotes. In this time of year, I do always think it's best to just kind of reflect on where you're at, where you were, and where you hope to be. And this time of year, end of the year, um, it's a good time for that. But it's also a good time for that specifically for hockey because there's a lot going on right now. We follow a winter sport, so you got to expect there to be things going on in the winter. And we're going to start with the past, talk about a couple former Coyotes. And this was really the thing that made me want to get started with this. Um, the story that really caught my eye a while back was Shane Doan being named as general manager for Team Canada for the Spengler Cup. Uh, the Spengler Cup, for those who don't know, just going to read this off of Wikipedia a little bit, is an annual inter- invitational ice hockey tournament held in Davos, Switzerland. First held in 1923, the Spengler Cup is often cited as the oldest invitational ice hockey tournament in the world. The event is currently or is hosted by the Swiss team HC Davos um, and played every year in Davos from the 26th of December to the 31st. Um, It's not necessarily the most well-known tournament um, when it comes to international hockey, but it is uh, a pretty important one. You tend to see a lot of you know, players, um, mostly kind of AHL players, but there's a lot of former Coyotes represented, especially on Team Canada. Part of that is likely Shane Doan, you know, current member of the Coyotes organization in some fashion. Um, his role seems to be a little bit ambiguous as he's growing his career looking like he wants to be a GM, which is great, um, but also Ray Whitney. Uh, the wizard is in that management group and a name that really stood out to me um, is, was named to the team. Uh, Kevin Connaughton, former Coyotes defenseman currently with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, The Coyotes had claimed Connaughton off of waivers and ended up trading him to Colorado for Carl Soderberg, which is a trade that I was very much in favor of because I 
loved Carl Sarberg. I thought he was a phenomenal center. Um, one of the better Coyote centers. Um, kind of very much, I feel like if he was playing now, he would absolutely, or if, if he fit the the rebuild now, he would. He seems like he'd be a good Armstrong player. He he had some skill, but he also had a nice physical edge. Um, so you know, Kanaten being involved in that trade always nice. But also Riley Nash, um, who was a member of the Coyotes for twenty four games. So not necessarily the player you first think of when it comes to the Coyotes, but still a, a very recent and important one. Uh, other name that really stuck out to me: Brendan Perlini. Um, Perlini, former first round pick by the Coyotes, uh, not exactly a good one. Um, he, he's currently in the AHL, um, oh, never really could get his footing as an NHL, uh, scorer. Uh, he was part of that trade that saw, um, Nick Schmaltz come back, um, which is something I always forget. I always forget that it was Strom and Perlini for, Schmaltz, um, likely because the comparison between Strom and uh, Schmaltz was definitely the clear one. Also, didn't last too long with Chicago, um, so makes sense. But yeah, that that is a well represented, you know, group. If you're a Coyotes fan, uh, I I know a lot of people myself included really like to keep up with former players um hockey sports in general can be very nostalgic based and something about former players always kind of does that for me uh, i like to keep track of where where guys are um what they're doing especially if you know they weren't a jerk when they were with the coyotes nothing horrible happened so it, it's great to see kind of like these players doing well uh these players and former players because you got Doan in there, you got Whitney. Uh, I remember when Doan first uh, was told that he was not going to be re-signed by the Coyotes, which led to him retiring. There was talk about him potentially being a coach, um, which you know I think would have been good for Doan. He is definitely a leader. He is someone who I can see inspiring a locker room, doing all that kind of coach stuff. But he does seem to be more interested in the front office side he, he looks to be you know potentially a future gm which is an interesting path to take and i i'm kind of curious to see how he does at that i wish him nothing but the best um i kind of am curious to see how that's gonna go um because it is definitely something where you know there there's uh, a lot of room that you can grow in that. There's there's not too many positions available. There's only 32 teams, only 32 GMs. Um, and sure, I would like to see him with the Coyotes organization, but if he feels that he can grow and develop with another team and then potentially come back to the Coyotes in a couple of years, sure. Or maybe he doesn't, and still, you could be absolutely proud of him. Uh, you could just be like, hey, Fitzstone, captain the team for, for a number of years, still holds all the records. But now he's the GM of whatever team. I'm not going to name one. Um, anyways, that's the past. Those are the former Coyotes. We're going to turn now to the future Coyotes. Um, because it's not just about the past. There's definitely things that are happening right now. 
But first, I do have a quick word from our sponsors at the NHTCA. So say you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the night comes to an end, people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home and okay. It's not a big deal. We're the odds you'll get pulled over anyway. And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You tow your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. And we're back. Carl Pavlock, Locked on Coyotes. Uh, so that was the past, the, the, the ghost of former Coyotes. But now we got to talk about the Coyotes who are the present. Uh, and for me in sports, the present is the current season. <laughs> so there's a little bit of future in there. Uh, this is not a perfect one-to-one ghost story. Um, and one of the biggest players when it comes to the Coyotes' future, for me at least, is Matias Michelli. He is a player who I do not think gets enough love and attention, um, which is very fitting for the Coyotes who do not get enough love and positive attention. Uh, Matias Michelli is having a very successful rookie season. He is currently second among rookies in points with... Uh, 22 points, three goals, and 19 assists um, behind only one person. But he is the leader in rookie assists. Um, going from that, those numbers, we could expect, uh, or not expect, Matias Michelli is currently on pace to have a 60-point rookie season, which is just phenomenal. Um, the player who he is getting compared to a lot right now is the rookie Clayton Keller. Um, I saw recently that one of the like high points from Keller's career was replicated by Matias Michelli. I think it was a point streak by a rookie, um, but definitely a good name that you want to you know be in the same company with. Uh, I don't think there is a player other than maybe Jacob Chikrin, who has had a stronger rookie season than the Coyotes. And probably not even Chikrin. Uh, I think he kind of made that jump early, but didn't really become the force until a little bit later. So it is great to see Michelli in that same conversation. Um, if that pace holds true, if Michelli finishes with 60 points, he will not reach the the number of points that Keller had as a rookie. Keller had 65, but still just a phenomenal player to be in the same conversation with. Uh, He is definitely the youth player who I am most excited for day in and day out. Uh, Even when Dylan Gunther was on the team, like Gunther, I think does good. He is showing a lot of bright spots, but there is, you know, there's, I think a lot more to his game that still needs to 
have some time before it translates successfully into the NHL. And Michelli, I think, is is just a little bit closer. Uh, I think he's a little bit more ready. Um, he does have a couple of games from last season where he didn't look great, but he you know, took that experience. He worked in the offseason. He's doing what he needs to do now. He is very much a player who deserves a lot of respect um, and a big part of the current Coyotes. But let's talk about the player who I compared him to. Clayton Keller. Keller is also having just a great season. He currently has 12 goals, 19 assists for 31 points in 32 games, so almost a point per game. Um, looking at that, he would, you know, if he keeps the same pace, he's going to finish with 31 goals, 79 points, which is just great. Uh, Keller last season, unfortunately, Ended a little bit early. He probably could have gotten to 30 goals, uh, but he seems ready to to hit that peak you know, this season. Uh, I remember a year where the Coyotes did not have one 20-goal score, um, but it looks like they're going to have two 30-goal scores this season. We'll, we'll talk about the other one in a little bit. Um, and just 79 points. Absolutely love to see that. Um they're, you know, Keller Keller's taken a lot of the necessary steps to to be an, an NHL player, to earn his contract, to earn respect. And I think he he has. He has shown a point where you know, last season was not a fluke. Um, he is not seemingly hampered by his injury from last year. Um, he has improved his game, and he is looking better than he did at any point other than his rookie year, which like I said, when I was talking about Michelli, he was phenomenal. His rookie year, he was setting coyotes, rookie records. Um, and you know, it, it's great that that is being replicated now. Um, I think it goes to show like th- there's, he, he got a lot of criticism when he wasn't playing well. And I do have to wonder like, how is that going to be seen? Because at the time, he clearly wasn't where he needed to be. He was going to be better. Um, but I, I'm very curious um, how we are going to be looking at the the talky years for Clayton Keller in the coming coming years. Uh, I do think that it kind of you know adds some you know looking at the the four contracts that John Chaka signed, uh, the four big ones. Jacob Chikrin, his contract is. Seen as a phenomenal asset. Clayton Keller for the longest time was seen as an anchor, but is now just being looked at like, yep, that's that's what he's worth. Uh, Schmaltz doesn't really get any kind of negative attention. He, he's doing good. Uh, the, the injury kind of hampered him, so not going to be talking about him. And then Christian Dvorak, who's off of Montreal, just doesn't really get talked about as much. But, you know, those contracts – at the time were seen as like wild overpayments. And I think now we're just being looked at as, as much better deals. Uh, anyways, um, some of the other players, uh, I mentioned there's probably going to be another 30 goal player. That is Lawson Kraus. Uh, Kraus currently has one more goal than Keller. He has 13, only four assists. Um, so definitely lower on the, the points, but still 13 goals. Just great to see. Currently on pace for a 33-goal season. 
Cross was also injured around the same time Keller was. So glad to see both of them coming back strong and showing what they can do. Um, and then another player who I thought we should look at, a, a player who has been revitalized in his time with his Coyotes um, that that did start before he came. Uh, he started hearing rumblings that this player is doing better, but since being in Arizona, he's looked great. Uh, he has currently played his way onto the trade block, which is not usually a, you know, a positive thing that you say about a person, but you're going to say it in a taking team. Uh, that is Shane Gossesbear. Gossesbear currently is second on the team in points. He has eight goals, 16 assists, which is just solid, as is. Uh, it, it's it's crazy that Gossesbear has more goals than all but two of the Coyotes forwards. He's currently on pace for 21 goals and 61 points, which would be top year for him. Uh, I, like I said, he's a player who is likely going to be traded, so I don't know how those numbers are going to end up. But definitely a really good player. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I hope that Ghost is happy with his time in Arizona. And even if he gets traded, he wants to resign with the team. I, I don't necessarily think the Coyotes have the best uh, prepared blue line for the future. You know, we're talking about the present now, um, but I, I'm a bit concerned about how things are going to look in the near future with the Coyotes defenseman. And I think having Ghost back, um, you know, re-signing with the team as a free agent would definitely do a lot to kind of sure things up. Anyways, that's the present. We are going to be going into the future now, which is, again, just a great time of the year to be talking about this. Uh, but before that, I do want to say one more time, thank you for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. And make sure you check out Lockdown Sports today for the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Carl Pavlock, Lockdown Coyotes. Like I said, we are talking about the Coyotes' past. We're talking about the Coyotes' present. We're talking about the Coyotes' future. And there is really only one thing that you want to talk about for the future of a team this time of year, and that is the World Juniors. The Coyotes are going to be well-represented. They have five players who are going to be there. Uh, Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley, Sam Lipkin, uh, Adam Zelinka, and Julian Lutz. Uh, they are going to be representing Canada, the U.S., Slovakia, and Germany at this year's tournament. Gunther and Cooley are definitely the players who are going to stand out most for Coyotes fans. Uh, I think that it's fair to have high expectations for both of them. You know, Dylan Gunther has been playing in the NHL this season. He's looked good. He dominated um, the junior leagues. There's a reason he didn't get sent back. Logan Cooley, extremely high draft pick, doing well in his first year in the NCAA. Those are two players who I think it's it's fair to have you know, high expectations for. Um, the World Juniors is something where I often think that people have too high expectations, and by that I mean the Canadian media has really high expectations for Team Canada that are often unrealistic. And it seems to... You know, potentially, you know, 
if you're giving someone unrealistic expectations and they don't succeed, it's not going to help them. Like you need realistic expectations. Um, so I, I never want to put too much pressure, but I do think that Gunther is poised to have a great year. Um, like, like I said, his, his time in the NHL and how dominant he was in juniors, I expect him to be one of the players that every journalist talks about. I want him to be one of the highlights for everyone this year. And I think he can. I, I, I honestly think that Gunther is that good. I think he has the experience playing against NHL players that he can stand out and just, you know, everyone has him at the top of their list. It'd be great if, you know, there was MVP conversations around him. Uh, I'm not going to say that that is his goal to, to be that, but to be in that conversation, to be like one of the top five, top 10 players in the tournament. I think that's fair. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what he can do. The other three players, though, not necessarily household names, um, but all are doing really good in their development. There's a reason that they were named to their respective countries' teams. Uh, Sam Lipkin is currently attending uh, Kina Piak uh, University. Uh, there's a chance I mispronounced that. Um, it's Watch the YouTube video for the university and... I tried to remember the pronunciation correctly, but haven't had too much time to practice. Uh, anyways, 5, 14, and 19 in 18 games. He was a former seventh-round pick at the 2021 NHL entry draft. Adam Zelenka, currently playing for the Sioux Falls Stampede, 3, 8, and 11 in 23 games. Uh, he was a seventh-round pick at the 2022 NHL entry draft. And then Julian Lutz, playing for each C or E. H.C. Uh, Munchen, not sure if that's correct, um, six assists in 13 games, second-round pick, uh, 43rd overall last season. So one of the things that really stands out to me, other than Lutz, um, is that the Coyotes have two players from the seventh round, which is great. For the longest time, the Coyotes did not do a good job at drafting and developing talent. It is definitely something where there is whole years that would go by with Coyotes didn't have anyone outside their first round uh, playing for the team, and there was very little chance that there would. Um, like, there's a reason why if you're looking at later Coyotes picks, the names that stand out to you are like Keith Yandel and Connor Garland, and that's kind of it. Um, yeah, so the fact that the Coyotes have these two players who are seventh round picks um, being like, playing in the World Juniors. That is just something that you love to see. Um, the Coyotes, I imagine, are going to be getting better, hopefully, in the next coming years, which means those first-round picks are not going to be as good. Like You're going to get later-round later picks, so you need to get hits in the, in the later rounds. You need to get good second-round picks. You need to get third, good third-round picks. If you can get seventh-round picks that are hitting, that is going to keep your cabinet stocked in a way where you might not before. So I, I love that the Coyotes are getting this success from the young people. If we're talking about the, the future, the World Juniors is absolutely the place you want to go if you want to see the future. Anyways, that's going to do it for me on today's episode. Hope you enjoyed this. A um, little bit of a Christmas Carol thing. Like I said, it's a good literary framing device. 
frames the conversation. And I do think that this is a great time of year, the end of the year, the winter, to sit back and, and reflect. Reflect on where you were. Reflect on where you are. And reflect on where you want to be. And that's, you know, it should be done in your personal life. It should be done with the things you do for entertainment. Um, and it absolutely should be done with you know, the sports team. The Coyotes should be reflecting on things right now. Um, and I, I do think if they look back, if they take a holistic view of, of where they're at, they will like what they see. And now, one last time, thank you for making Locked on Coyotes your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Pierre Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. You can get analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can find Locked On Coyotes on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All the podcast apps, um, so just make sure, subscribe, like, comment, do all the things because they absolutely do help. We are trying to grow the Lockdown Coyotes audience. Hopefully you like listening to us. Maybe your friends would like listening to us um, or maybe your followers, maybe anyone. Um, you can find the show LO underscore Coyotes on Twitter. It's also on Facebook and Instagram. Best place to find me is the 5 for Howling Twitter. Word 5, number 4, Word Howling. Where I put all of my hockey opinions. Um, and then also make sure to check out the website. We have a preview coming up for the Colorado game this Tuesday. Otherwise, thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying nice and warm with family and friends. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>